What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode five of the Not A Real Veteran podcast. We have a super exciting episode for you tonight with all three founders of the Libertarian Party Veteran Caucus, here to talk about a lot of things going on in the military veteran communities right now. And for the first real time, look at this beautiful man over here. And you can hear him. You can see him. Braxton Voorhees, please finally say hi to the audience. Yeah, hey, how crazy is this? And how cool are we? That's what I was thinking when we were watching the intro. How cool are we? Not not as cool as you probably think, but still kind of cool. So that's good. But you, you look and sound great, man. Man, I'm very, 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 very glad. So let's put up these ad reads. Uh, let's start here with our favorite, The Royal Green. Please go and buy this book by Mr. Jack Casey. You can find it at theroyalgreen.com. It's available on Kindle and paperback. It's a race now to be the first libertarian to read it between myself and Braxton. Braxton's a much faster reader, so he will probably win, but you could beat both of us. So please go get a copy of The Royal Green. Next, we have the Tennessee Radical Caucus. If you guys aren't Radical Caucus members, it's a great caucus. Um, they are pretty much one of the purest libertarian caucuses out there. And if you're in Tennessee, please look them up. Give them a like and follow on Facebook and Twitter and other social medias. And join them if you're not already a member. They're doing good things. And most importantly, Thomas Quieter at Tom452.com, running for state senate in New York. He's an incredible man. I've had the opportunity to listen to him on Clubhouse several times. He talks about a lot of extremely important issues. He's extremely articulate, compassionate. He would be an incredible senator. Um, I fully endorse him. I think we can agree this podcast endorses him and this network endorses him. Um, but please, TomFor52.com, give Thomas a look up. And remember, you can find the Not A Real Libertarian podcast network on Twitch, Facebook, Apple, Anchor, Twitter, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Pretty much everywhere podcasts are sold. So, Braxton, anything you would like to uh, talk about before we bring our honored guest up on the stage? Man, I had some plans for those uh, ads, but you just sped right through them, so maybe next week. <laughs> I'm sorry. we got to talk about this in more detail next time. Maybe so, maybe so. Um, without any further ado, we live in fame or go down in flames with Tracy. What up, Welcome, guys? Welcome, Tracy. What hey. up? How are you? Thanks for being here. And if anybody didn't get that, that was an Air Force song reference. And just terribly, terrible knee nerdy. But that's okay. That's all right. We are libertarian. <laughs> Damn right. That's right. And we're all Air Force veterans, uh, hence the name of the show. But Tracy, thanks for being on today. Uh, it's honestly been a long time. We, we needed to have you on a long time ago. So this is awesome. All three of us are pretty much the core of the Veterans Caucus. We formed it about two months ago. It's been growing a lot, and we've got huge plans for it. Um, but first, let's get to know you a little bit so our audience can learn about you. So let's start with your military background. Tracy, tell us about yourself. All right. So I was in the Air Force. I was medical admin. I was an in for 11 and a half years. Um, I worked budgets in the clinic. I worked in a clinic. I did any anything you could think about administratively in a clinic. And I was good at it. I won awards. Um, I got asked to do a lot of things and I'm very articulate and I pay attention and I read things. And I also got picked up as the command chief exec. And when you're at, when you're at that kind of level at the wing, you see and hear things that the normal NCO doesn't hear. I and, bet. Yeah. And my chief was so smart. The calm guy, he came in from DC too before. And he just opened my mind to so many things that I wasn't even really <laughs> realized, realized, you know? And so instead of having a tactical view that most people do, I started thinking strategically and I really, really enjoyed it. It was, it was such a great job. And then I got medically retired. Um, I got medically retired for PTSD. I'm a hundred percent disabled veteran and I've been out three years. And since I've gotten out, I have devoted my life to being a veteran activist and a mom. So I'm out doing things and I usually have a kid with me. But you know what? I, I got to help all of our brothers and sisters for sure. 
Hell yeah. So tell us about some of the projects that you've been working on since you got out. Um, honestly, in the past week, I have talked to over 50 veterans on uh, telephone consults. And what I mean by that is they reach out to me, oh, usually on, on social media and they're like, hey, I need to talk, right? And they're just talking because they're really upset about what's going on right now, especially with Afghanistan. And so I just listen because they don't want to go to the VA. They just want someone to listen. They want someone to understand and they want someone to be like, hey, have you thought about going to this kind of group or, you know, maybe going to the gym or, hey, go visit your grandma. You know, you used to say you really liked her, that kind of thing. And so I did that as an NCO. I was always airmen or sometimes senior NCOs and sometimes officers in my chair, right? Just sitting there talking to me. And so now I just do that on the outside. I, I'm part of the American Legion, which I know we do together. Um, I am the outreach director of Fit Military Women. And, you know, it's great because the level that they are at in the social media world is going to take our caucus to the next level because I'm allowed to use my voice. And as we all know, when you're active duty, you can't use your voice. So it's using True. the voice that we couldn't when we were active duty. I'm still waiting on my feature. You want to be a fit military Braxton, just, just start an OnlyFans. You can keep sexual explicit content on there, apparently, as of today. So. Are you equating fit military women with OnlyFans? I'm just saying that you'd be a great OnlyFans model. I would I would subscribe. I would get an OnlyFans account just to watch you. But um, Tracy, you named two, but I know that that's just scratching the surface of all the things that you do. So come on, don't don't be humble here. Um, I don't know. I do everything. So today I had a meeting with Hempahoma, which we kind of talked about, and um, also Toklahoma. Let's talk about Toklahoma, which you thankfully made a couple years ago and let me kind of run with in the last six months. And that's you know, I've been using that because Kansas saved my life. I was on the SISO combo. And so my my plans are to help veterans understand that you can be at the VA and use THC, you know? And so um, honestly, I'm if there's a veteran involved and they need help, I'm there. Hell yeah. You guys reach out to me. Hell yeah. And then what about- you know, uh... page 11. <laughs> What about Mom's Demand 2A? Tell us a little bit about how you got started in that. So it was a couple of years ago when we were pushing for constitutional carry and Mom's Demand Action was, you know, demanding action uh, against our Second Amendment rights. So uh, Leslie came up with the idea of Mom's Demand 2A. And so recently, OK2A decided to tread on our rights and then Republicans decided to tread on our rights. So I've just been using it as a tool to educate moms, to educate, mostly it's veterans on there, you know, but um, we're actually going to march next month, right? Hell yeah, the POW MIA Ruck. Oh, yes, yes. So that is 12 September in Mesta Park. Um, you guys saw Joe Lewis here a couple weeks ago. And so we're basically going to ruck all over District 88 and just remind people that we're here and we're fit. And we're ready to fight. <laughs> it's an eight or, mile you know, ruck and we're doing PT at every park, he said on the way. So uh, but but we're walking. We're not we're not jogging, so it's not too bad. Right. Yes. Uh stay hydrated. Um and you know what? When you're working out with your friends and your brothers and sisters, it's different. You know, it I think it's gonna be lively. I think we're gonna be singing, you know. I think we're just gonna be having a good time. We're gonna have water stations. Um, Natalie Bruno offered to bring coffee for us and we're also going to feed all of us after. So I'm excited. Hell yeah. Braxton, are you coming up for that? Man, did you say that's on the 12th? On the 12th. Man, yeah, I still have that Sunday. prior engagement that's stopping me oh, from going to that oh, yeah. rally on the 11th. About this. Unfortunately. Okay. I'll be there in spirit. Okay, that's true. You're always there in spirit. Um, right on, did we miss any organizations, Tracy? Is that everything? I, I do so many things. Um, I'm also part of uh, People for Liberty, which, you know, is attached to the Libertarian Party, but, they, but they're very liberty-minded. And I really enjoy that because um, Lauren's great. And also Holly Ward is a female veteran, and she's a vice president now. And so having 
her leadership kind of still in my realm really makes things easier and for me to understand. So I really enjoy that team too, for sure. Hell yeah. And you actually pulled, got us an opportunity to speak on that platform on Memorial Day, which was awesome. We got to talk and uh, tell our story and talk about what the Veteran Caucus is doing for a lot of big audience. So that was incredible. Oh, yeah. Yes. And, you know, I've interviewed Joe Jordison and Spike Cohen. You know, I mean, right. I, it, you just got to take the opportunity, guys. And, uh, and here next week, I'm going to interview Lieutenant English, you know, a gold medalist. That's huge for me. I'm so excited. I'm so nervous. But anyway, I can get some kind of, some kind of liberty into other and plant those seeds. I'm going to take advantage of it. Is that the, uh, is that the shotgun shooter? Yes. That's badass. Hell yeah. I'll have yeah. To watch that. Yes. It's on going to be on IGTV, which I've only been on the receiving end of that. So we're going to play with it this weekend so I can get better at it. And um, yeah. <laughs> awesome. So let's talk about the issues then. Now that we got a little bit about Tracy and her background, let's talk about some serious things going on right now. Um, Afghanistan is a huge topic for veterans and military members right now. So what do you think, Tracy? What's going on over there? What could we be doing differently? And how can we use this as an opportunity to sell liberty to people? You know, um, what a lot of people don't know is that my best friend, who is also my baby daddy, was in Kabul as a contractor for two years, okay? And a lot of his buddies are still there and they're saving people. You know, they're trying to get the good people out. They're trying to get them away from the Taliban. Um, but we just sent a bunch of active duty troops over there too. And so what's going on there is complete chaos. Honestly, and it's scary because we gave up Bagram Air Force Base, which is the closest to China, which why would we do that? You know, and so it's it's not listening to the news, but finding someone who might have been to Af Afghanistan and risked their lives for the American people and asking them those questions, supporting them because they're mentally still in Afghanistan right now. And so talking all this crap about veterans isn't going to get us anywhere. It isn't going to get the Liberty movement anywhere. And so I just really want to focus on listening to these women and men who were over there and say, you know, how can we help you get better? How can we do something better so that we're not in this situation again? And the next generation isn't uh, ruined mentally and physically for oh, rich man's war. I'm done with it. I really am. Yeah. Damn right. Yeah, that brings up a great point. You know, we, we were going to talk about messaging tonight, and that's a perfect segue into it. But um, there's there's kind of two sides to the liberty movement on how you want to message to veterans and military. There's us who try to target them. And so we try to, you know, include military history, uh, military jokes, military ideas. Um, and then you have, you know, the kind of murder cult side. And uh, it's it's not that there's some truth in what they're saying. It's not that there's not some truth in what they're saying. You know, endless wars are evil. The wars that we've been in are evil. They're based on really corrupt reasons. They get a lot of people murdered for no reasons. Um, but it's a terrible way to bring veterans into this movement. You're going to repulse them. You're going to push them away. So how do you guys think that we can do that better? Um, listen to them, right? And reach out to them right now. We need to be reaching out to them and, you know, I've been doing that because I really do care about them. And you know what? They, they are a murderer. They know they're a murderer and they're in their head and they're struggling. And That's right. here's the thing, these, these men, and I'm going to say men, because usually they're the ones on the front lines, especially in you know the last 20 years. Um, the, the fact of the matter is the, the mental capacity they have to be to be able to do that, to keep our freedoms free is huge. Okay. My dad was in Vietnam and I will tell you, he never left Vietnam mentally. And he is the reason why I'm a libertarian. And he's the reason why I keep looking up why the LP started. And that was a huge part of it. So to, to go back on our culture and try to uh, say bad things about it, it's like, hey, we're part of the team. Every veteran I know, they don't want the government involved. They love their country. They did that for us. Not for the government and they're really not going to do it for the go the current government you know they're doing it so that the women and children in afghanistan um oh no the women and children in america don't ever um 
what's happening into Afghanistan. We see all these able-bodied males leaving their uh, wives and children at home to come to America. They literally are telling them to stay home so that they can get a, a ride over here. You know, and that's just, people don't think like that, you know, and I'm the type of person, I would rather take all the women and children here, you know, and let those able-bodied males go fight for their freedoms, for sure. Yeah, damn right. What do you think, Brax? How can we uh, walk this line better, and how can we message to veterans better? Well, man, it's tough because veterans are people, and, you know, what issues do you market to veterans, and which issues do you just appeal to their human side? You know what I mean? Um, a lot of the veteran issues are just uh, human problems. So, uh, honestly, it's a pretty tough one because, I mean, I, I mean, at the end of the day, they're certainly still people. And, you know, I think a lot of the people that voted for Ron Paul, voted for Gary Johnson, um, you know, they did so just as citizens, not necessarily as vets. Sure. So what do you think about what do you think about kind of that radical and extreme language? Do you think that there's a place for that in the movement um, or do you think that that's something we should avoid? Do you think it has a purpose? Uh, being the hashtag murder cult? Yeah. And Man, anything on, along those lines. I don't think that one really has a place. Um, if you're going to be really critical of our foreign policy and military interventionism, I think that's more than fair. Um, I think that is going to repel a few people, but they, uh, those people are probably still just barely working on being libertarians anyways. Um, but I mean, I don't know, man, there's a actually surprising number and I don't know what the correlation is, but how many libertarian vets do you know? You know, it's pretty crazy. I mean, just the, uh, the Southeastern camp out we went to, I mean, yeah. Ethan and Rex and it was like, wow, you know, is this a, uh, veterans camp out or a libertarian? Yeah. Oh, and Robert, of course, Robert oh, Murphy. Great. He's great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. and and I think most of us are libertarian because we were so controlled by the government. And then once we get that DD two fourteen, it's like, whoa! I don't want to be told about anything anymore, especially how to wear my hair, especially what medical procedures I have to get. You yeah. know, and so I feel like right now we have so many things done wrong at the level. Of, you know, of the command from the commander in chief that we can capitalize that and be like, hey, we're listening to what you're saying. Here's how we can help you, because we have all these these programs, you know, oh, I fight for you on Capitol Hill. What are you doing right now? Because I haven't heard anything. Huh? Yeah. Damn right. It's a great point. And, you know, it's I think that I think there's something about that kind of warrior spirit that brings people. High, this is bug. Uh, that brings people into the military in the first place. But I think that that also brings you into the liberty movement as well. It makes people into activists. I think that's why there's so many libertarians in this movement. It's like we want to fix things. We want to do something about it. We want to act. And once we get out of the military and we know how screwed up the system is and we've seen it firsthand, we want to get boots on the ground out here on the street. Totally. And, you know, the things that we do in the military, like, for instance, Braxton was security forces. He was working 14, 16 hour days, right? And mm -hmm. yeah, he might have complained about it at home or his buddies, but he showed up to work every day and worked his shift, right? So when when in the civilian side, people are like, how do you do all these things? I'm like, I'm a machine. I was built for this, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like we yeah. just go and go and go. And so if we have our community all on the same page and we find, you know, three or four issues where we're all there we can get a lot done but we need you guys we need you all we really do damn right that's a great point once you've worked 72 hours in a week you come back to the civilian world and it's kind of like what's what's too hard for you you know exactly yeah so let's move on to uh, another huge issue that just came out yesterday and, and kind of has been really getting gaining popularity on social media this morning and today um Vaccines are going to be mandated for military members. They don't have a deadline yet, but they're mandating the Pfizer vaccine. So what do you guys think? I think it's bullcrap. I really do. You know, I've seen, like, I sent you guys a picture of, you know, two of my old airmen who are, you know, NCOs now, and they don't want to be forced to take that. And that's very common. I wouldn't say all the military because some people are just like, whatever, I'm going to take it. I need to feed my kids. You know, I need to feed my family. But Giving them a vaccine that just came out is a slap in the face 
when they did it with anthrax and now anthrax is gone right and if you if you look back into the history a lot of people got out of the military uh because of the anthrax vaccine and the vaccine was given before 9-11 so you know something else is going to happen and that they want them all vaccinated and that they're going to force them. They're not letting them take leave. They're not letting them hmm. take go PCS. They're not, you know, they're, they're holding back their liberties from them based on a medical procedure. And the chief master sergeant in the air force today said it was medical readiness. No chief, it is not medical readiness. You know, what is taking care of people's physical and mental health, which when you're forcing things on people, they're not going to be mentally ready. True. And I think I think that's a great point. You also brought up with the anthrax is like. Probably most of us have had the anthrax vaccine. How many anthrax attacks have you heard of in the last 20 years against military members like this? I don't know anybody who's ever had an anthrax attack. Do you guys know anybody? And you know what? I'm from Detroit and Eminem is one of my favorite people and he <laughs> talks about it. You know, if you listen to his music in the early 2000s, it's literally happening again. Everything he's saying is happening again. And I was like, man, like, how do we get ahead of this? How do we get ahead of this? And that's, again, we have to listen to the veterans, you know? So tell us what you want us to talk about. Tell us what you want us to focus on. You know, tell us that you don't want the vaccines. Um, are you willing to be separated, right? Because I don't think a dishonorable or other than honorable is right. Because of a medical procedure? Come on, guys. Like, just wild to me that we have so and this takes me to the next another topic we have so many men and women who sexually assault or sexually harass someone and they don't even kicked out get kicked out but they're gonna kick them out for not having a medical procedure which hasn't even been around you know what i mean that we don't even know that it's really saving lives at all sure. there's no data behind it especially since the military is mostly 17 to 40 year olds which are like the most safe group of everybody so who the hell are you protecting i mean how many senior citizens do you see on a military base like the janitors maybe the like local nationals maybe like some of the dod civilians but i mean the military is pretty freaking young and healthy and they've been sitting them at home and you know in home in virtual home you know virtual work and they haven't been doing their PT. So their immune systems aren't as strong. You need to get your guys out working physically fit because physical fitness is part of readiness, you know? And so when you have this, uh, the survival rate as like 99 something, how are you gonna push it on the fittest force? Are you saying we're not fit? Because I was really fit when I was active duty. You, ha you had to be. Are there people that aren't? Yeah. But you know what? Obesity kills a lot of people too. And I don't see anybody putting down the McDonald's. <laughs> true, true. So Braxton, what do you think? Do you think that it's something like, hey, we signed up for this. It's a lawful order. How do you feel about that, that argument? Well, man, it's really weird just because very honestly, if I was still in, I really probably wouldn't think twice. You know, that wouldn't be a hill that I'd want to die on. Um, not that I agree with it at all for all the reasons that you already talked about and more, but just uh, that's how I would look at it. And, you know, just to be honest, I don't remember a lot of people making very big deals about anything. Um, to get off topic a little bit, I don't know if you all remember, there was a really weird thing, uh, probably 2014, the Air Force shipped out live anthrax strains accidentally to like four bases. One of them was overseas. Oh, shit. No, I forgot really? about that. Yeah, they uh, they one of them was Osan, and I think I think it was like Osan Hill Air Force Base in Utah, and there's a few others. But uh, it was national, it was international news. We had uh, locals outside our gates protesting, and they had these leaflets that they'd throw over the gate that said "Go home and take your anthrax with you." And uh, of course, like intelligence from base, they said they were all being coaxed by like North Korean sleeper cells that they'd already identified. But uh, that just that's the only anthrax experience I had. I had the vaccination, and then I had that when they shipped a uh, live virus, like UPS International shipped it to Osan <laughs> Air Force Base. Yeah, dude, really crazy. You were, at, you were in Osan during that time. Yeah, I was at Osan. That's crazy, man. It was weird, but um, man, there's something else. Oh, so I had a flight chief, which for everybody else not Air Force, that's the equivalent of a platoon sergeant. Um, I had a flight chief tell me that. You know, administrations use the military to push political agendas all the time. 
Um, and I, you know, I can't confirm it, but, uh, of course, I mean, he was my first flight chief. I really love him a lot and I like to believe what he tells me, but, you know, sort of the, uh, all the briefings we had about, you know, why you shouldn't drink energy drinks and all the health briefings, you know, were not for our health. That was part of, you know, Michelle Obama's, um, health education plan. Um, a lot of the Obama administration, they made a lot of changes, you know, they're the ones they asked for, um, like a hundred percent conviction rates in UCMJ trials, um, hmm. specifically on sexual assault, which that one, of course, I really agree with, especially because the military has. It doesn't um, happen. <laughs> no. And I mean, just in the military, it's worse than in the outside world. Sure. Um, but he, he did tell me that. So I wonder if that could be part of it, if that is why this vaccine is being mandated. Well, because, you know, you go home and you tell your families, um, you know, oh, today, in the military, I learned that Red Bull's bad for you. I learned that tobacco products are bad for you. Not that it's ever slowed any military member down at all, but you know, those are the things that we had, you know, we were briefed to death on, you know, those sort of issues. And, uh, I was told that's why they push these kind of political points. So you go home and you spread that to your families and you get out and you continue to spread that in your community. So that makes perfect sense. Go ahead. Go ahead, Tracy. they, They push things for us because people see us, they want to respect us. And so, uh, the military is in front of all the society thing, for sure, 100%. Um, even, like, the mask things. They did it for active duty first. Hey, everything's, uh, you have to wear a mask on federal, right? And so then it comes down to the states because they can't force anybody else. Oh, I'm going to force my active duty because we're political pawns, you know? Mm-hmm. And then once you get in the system, see, now Braxton, I question the system. My whole 11 and a half years, I question the system all the time. All the time. And so... People think that because we're in the military, we didn't question things. But I did because it's always about what's right or wrong for me. Okay. It's not, oh, well, this guy's a chief. I'm going to listen to him. No, sir, you're wrong here. And this is why. Here's the AFI that backs this up. You know, here's this, this, and this. Oh, well, I got this information here. Okay. Well, sir, you're wrong. And so I think we need more of that. I think, you know, we need more NCOs, senior NCOs to step up for your people because, they need you and they're looking up to you. They really are. It's scary to think back when I, when, uh, every, when, I don't know, I think it was the second Obama term. Uh, all these great master sergeants were getting out. And I didn't really understand why they were getting out. I didn't understand why they were so tired. But, you know, they've deployed multiple times and they didn't want to make E8. They were just like, I'm doing my 20 and getting out. And they never said, you know, this is why, right? But it was always the best senior NCOs that were just like, I'm done with this. I can't do this anymore. And it's because they fought a good fight, but they just can't do it anymore. And it, and I don't I don't want that for our, our younger airmen or Marines or sailors or soldiers or Coasties, because those are the senior NCOs we need. So senior NCOs, please stand up to your CEOs. Take a couple of senior NCOs with you and say, hey, this isn't right to take care of our airmen because they need it. They do. Damn right. I feel like, honestly, as as NCOs got higher up in the ranks, typically they seem to be more apathetic and to stand up less and to be more okay with the system telling people what to do and just kind of, oh, this is how it is. That's that's what I saw in the military. I don't know about you guys. But um, Steven wants to ask us if anybody served in a foreign country. Um, I'll let you guys answer that for yourselves. I have not. I was overseas the whole time. Um, a year in Greenland, a year in South Korea, and then a year and a half in Germany with my best friend. Tell, tell him about Greenland. Tell him a little bit about Thule. Oh, man, I wish I could. Highly classified. <laughs> no, um, Greenland was by far my favorite. It was a, it's, it's a remote base. It's a remote tour. It's why you're there for a year. It's, uh, what, 750 miles north of the Arctic Circle. It's on the north west coast of greenland um very small um uh, very unique experience uh loved it think about it every day and it's pretty yeah. heavily security forces right yeah because a lot of the uh, a lot of the admin jobs and a lot of just a lot of the other jobs so it's yeah a lot of security forces and then a lot of space systems operators and i mean that's the mission of the base it was a uh, space wing base so now it might be space force might be a bunch of guardians up there, but then like the, uh, <laughs> the comm section services, admin, a lot of those were like two person departments. You'd have a senior NCO, a junior NCO, and that's it. 
So a lot of them, a lot of everything else is about two man departments. So. Hell yeah. And I was in uh, I was in Ramstein, Germany and six months and now you need guitar. So I spent all my time overseas as well. And Roy says, don't forget about space force. No, could never. never. Yes. Yes. Now, now the coast guard's not the butt of all our jokes anymore. So finally the space right. force has replaced them. Thankfully. Yeah. And you know, what's funny is that, so I worked medical. And so if a coast guard person got seen in a medical facility, we literally had to bill the coast guard services. Like that's how oh. different the money is. And so, um, you would always, even like if they just went to the lab or they got something from pharmacy, I literally had to say, hey, Coast Guard, you owe me this much money. And they had to allocate funds back to us. Hmm. So we really, Damn. they really aren't part of the DOD. Is that, yeah, is that just because they're Homeland Security or does every branch do it that way? No, nope, just Homeland, it's just because they're Homeland Security. No, any other huh. services, it, it just build normally. But yeah, just Coast Guard, you had to bill. It was, it was crazy, but you know, it's kind of cool too, because. I got to do something different. That's awesome. Well, let's talk for a while. We've gone over a lot of issues. Let's talk about the veteran caucus and what we're going to do with it, what our plans are, um, and kind of what makes you guys passionate about libertarianism and being a veteran. So, Tracy, we'll start with you. All right. All right. This is with me everywhere. Um, you know, I'm a libertarian. I've been a libertarian since I was about 16 years old. It was right after 9-11. And it was simple because my dad, who was in Vietnam, he straight up told me 9-11 is going to be the Vietnam of your generation. And he said, don't join the army. It's like he knew, you know. And so for me, I don't want my sons to have to go through what their dads had to go through, what their grandparents had to do. And so vice versa, because the military is a generational thing, right? And so that's one of those things that kind of puts in a cycle. And I see the Vietnam veterans and I see the difference in their eyes than the other guys. And I don't want our, our generation to feel that way. I want you guys to know that your service means something to me and I appreciate you. And I'm going to continue to fight this fight because freedom is not free. It's not. And just because you haven't been to Afghanistan, you think you know everything because of the media, it's not true. These men work day in, day out for our freedoms. They have to do things that you cannot even imagine. And they are back and they are still there mentally and struggling right now. So if you are part of this liberty movement, please reach out to your veteran friends. Let them know that you're there. And, you know, uh, another thing that is part of it for me is we want to reform a bunch of stuff. And, you know, we all know those veterans that got kicked out for victimless crime, cannabis, adultery, stupid stuff, right? You are a veteran to us. We're not going to, yeah, we're not going to ask for your DD-214. You join the military, you serve six months or four years or whatever, you're part of this because you have some knowledge. And you know what? I want to hear those stories. I want to hear that you had PTSD from Afghanistan and you smoked a joint and then you got kicked out because I don't believe it was, I don't, I don't believe it's okay that you should have been kicked out because they would have given, given you Xanax or Klonopin at the clinic, but you couldn't smoke a joint. So sure. don't think that we're, don't think that we're like those other organizations and we're only going to accept you if it says honorable service, right? We're going to say, Hey, what really happened? What, what, what really happened? And so, we want to reform those discharges because kicking someone out because they had consensual sex with someone who's married is bull crap. I'm more worried about the unconsensual sex. Damn right. Well said. So Braxton, what, what's your vision for the caucus? What do you hope for us to accomplish? Why do we exist? Well, um, I'd like to take this opportunity to sound like a boomer uh, just a little bit, but, you know, we did, uh, you know, swear solemn oaths to support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And, uh, you know, that's sort of powerful. And then, you know, you look at all the stuff that I think you uh, reasonably can change. Um, well, changing the military is very hard. Even people inside the military, it's hard to change the military, but we can still affect change. We can still help uh, veterans um, just because so many things with veteran issues are so stark um, compared to other issues like 
kind of like what we were talking about earlier, you know, it's illegal to protest or project like political opinions while in uniform. Yep. But the government will use those uniforms to push their ideas. Like Tracy was talking about, like, hey, look at all these people in masks, you know. Yeah. Put your mask on. and Or a Trump parade. A freaking Trump, parade. Trump yeah. parade. I mean, yeah. I mean, long as they can use the uniform to, you know, project out into the populace, but not the other way around. And, uh, you know, the discharges, the UCMJ. I mean, Will, you know that I had the idea uh, pretty long ago that how great would it be to have something to be able to fund uh, these military members to get civilian lawyers, because uh, just from what I know about the UCMJ, the people who show up with a civilian lawyer, it is a completely different ball game than the ones that show up with the Area Defense Council. And I mean, yeah. uh, you know, little things like that, you know, just let the veterans know that we are with them. And um, man, it's been all positive so far. It's been pretty rad, to be honest. It's been a great time. Hell yeah. Well, honestly, man, that's a great idea. I'm glad you brought that up again. Once we get the pack formed and all the official stuff done, we should start a nonprofit kind of under it as an umbrella and start raising money for that specific issue. Cause why not? We're going to sure. be raising money anyway for all the issues we're working on to get candidates selected, but why not have a fund for that? Especially look, what about our caucus members? What if we have military members who are in the veteran caucus and face legal problems in the military? Let's do whatever we can to support them. Mm. Yeah. I, I definitely like that idea because, again, they push you in a corner too, right? And you're scared because you're in the military and you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to get in all this trouble. And all I did was smoke a joint, right? And you're this 19, 20-year-old person who, who just had to go fight in a war, but you can't smoke a joint, right? And you're like, oh, my gosh, how right. am I going to feed my family? How am I going to feed my kids? And so giving that, that's great. I really like that, Braxton. That's good. That's really good. Stephen Andrew Witt says we need official memberships for the Veteran Caucus. We're working on it, Stephen. The reason we can't do that yet is because what we're going to have to do is form a PAC so that we can accept funds legally. And we have to register with the FEC. And it is a pretty thick process, but we're definitely in the works. I want a card and shirt. We got you, bro. We're also working on challenge coins, which was Braxton's idea. So uh, don't worry, man. The merchandise is coming. The website's coming. An official membership is coming. And we will definitely charge you a pretty penny for it. Just kidding. And but, here's, here's what we you can do. Tell your friends about us. Share our memes. Share our memes. Share, share, share. Tell, tell, tell. Tell your buddy. Hey, did you did you hear about that veteran caucus, right? Because most people aren't Democrats or Republicans because I want to know something. A Republican sent us to war and then a Democrat sent us to war. It wasn't a libertarian, right? They're not going to send send us to an unjust war. They're not. Damn they right. want us to be here. They want us to be here protecting our homeland, right? And be ready. Not over there. What you know? I mean, it just think about the history. Ask us about the history. Um, don't close us off because you think libertarians are, you know, crazy. We're not crazy. We're smart and we do the research. And the thing about the veterans is we also have up a, a you know upper hand because we have federal service, right? We were in the system. We know the system better than anybody else, you know? And so I feel like to grow and the bigger we get, the louder our voice is going to get, right? Because I would love to go to Capitol Hill and, and shake up some stuff with those people, right? I mean, why not? Damn right. Damn right. And that's a great point. You know, we need to use that, that federal experience and say, hey, look, look how the government fucked you over here. Look how the VA is mm -hmm. fucking you over here. We care about you. We want to solve these things, and here's the solutions. So exactly, the VA has, or the FDA has an approved cannabis, and I'm not even talking THC. Let's talk about CBD, right? They haven't even approved CBD. FDA approved it for the VA, but then they rushed this vaccine. Well, we know CBD is helping people get off meds, is making them feel better, is making their pain go away, especially these older vets. They're on like 30 to 40 pills when they could replace probably 10 of them with CBD, but they don't have the money to go pay for the CBD because they're on a strict, you know, small income. And so those are the things that the average person doesn't think about where we do because we're sitting next to these guys. We're listening to their stories. And, and then I'm also going to challenge you guys to go to the American Legion, go hang out with the older guys. They need you. They really do just, just to show up and talk because they feel lost too. They definitely do. Yeah. 
And it's awesome. You know, one thing I love, I love going to coffee with vets and Tracy invited me to that. I went this morning, talked to Joe Lewis, talked to a bunch of awesome veterans. And one thing, you know, the older guys always say is like, you know, look how big this group has gotten. Look at all these people, all these young people, you know, it means a lot to them to have our voices there. And, you know, most of the time we end up talking about politics, but we're bringing those conversations into their realm, getting them involved, asking them about their experiences. And while they're, yeah. you know, a lot of them are older and boomers, um, they might have not the exact same views that we do. They're still willing to listen and have those discussions, and they've got a lot of good ideas themselves. So uh, that's that's a great point, a great idea. Get involved in your local veteran organizations. Bring this caucus to other veterans in any way you can. Please, please. And, you know, if you want to run, you know, come ask us. We, we need you in uh, city council. We need you in the mayors, Congress, senators, the school boards. We need those veterans in all these places, and we will push you. For sure, we will push the message because, um, like Trisha Butler, she I think she's in Tennessee. I yeah, her voice she's freaking awesome. She's strong, she's strong, and she is very opinionated. But you know what? I respect her. I don't always agree with her, but I know she's in the fight and she's doing the right thing instead of just lining her pockets. Hell yeah! Stephen says he's probably going to run for county school board. That's what's up, man. That's a good place to start, especially right now with all these mask mandates and stuff going on. The school board is a big battleground right now, so if you can get in that, especially if you can run on an anti-mask um, policy or you know just a pro-freedom stance, you can definitely have a lot of uh, support there. And you know, Stephen, you've been a member since the very beginning of this. We'll absolutely endorse you, man. So please, please go for it. So we got a couple minutes left. Um, one thing I asked Tracy, hey, there's Joe. Vote Joe Lewis. Damn right. Hey. We know. <laughs> hey, man, on that, I was thinking it should be on our radar. We should start trying to uh, flip some of these people, starting with Joe Lewis. After this election, he should be yellow. <laughs> Let's and, get him uh, in the capital. <laughs> man, Hunter Biden. Tell him, like, hey, man, you're a vet who likes to smoke crack. Do I have a caucus <laughs> and a party for you? You're not wrong. Okay, we should make it. a lot. Of course, I'm we should not make wrong. a lot more Hunter Biden memes. He yeah, should be the should. mascot. He should be the unofficial mascot <laughs> of the Metro yeah. Caucus. Yeah, because just a reminder: Biden and Trump both dodged the Vietnam War. Not just one of them, both of them, because they're rich. Mm -hmm. Because they had issues. Because they were rich. True. Hell yeah! And Roy says Wisconsin Sixth Assembly District candidate. That's what's up, man. I've got to listen to Roy on Clubhouse a lot. He's active on there. By the way, Braxton and Tracy, who both have accounts and never get on, get on Clubhouse more. I have Wi-Fi anyway, now, I can. That's true. You do have Wi-Fi now. You can. Um, so, Tracy, one thing I asked um, – <laughs> I got to share this. Braxton upgraded from that McDonald's Wi-Fi connection. Looking good. <laughs> McDonald's Wi-Fi would have been a step up, to be honest. But Yeah, real talk. Robert's on Clubhouse, too. You guys got to get on that. But um, – mm. Anyway, Tracy, one thing I asked Braxton on our first episode is why he joined the military. So I'd really like to hear why you joined as well. Well, you know what? I failed out of college. I was using street drugs and I was basically homeless. And I always wanted to join the Air Force, but I graduated in 2003. And so the war was ramping up. And, you know, I kind of stayed away from it, went to college. And then it was like, I'm going to join the Air Force. And I did. And was in the dorms partying I was at work I was studying I was I was the first one in the first one out because I joined when I was 21 and so for me it was to get out of the crappy place I was in and you know what I found a family and I if you would have known me I was trying to do 30 years I I drank the Kool-Aid I loved the Air Force but I still questioned it right and it was about one of the best decisions I ever made because I, I had a family, you know, I had, I have at least I fit into it and everywhere you go, you meet a veteran and, you know, I don't, I know everyone's not made for the military, but I was made for the military because they teach you so much more than any other job you can get. And so if you're thirsty for knowledge, join the military. Definitely. Do you remember your uh, BMT training squadron? Yeah, 331st. That's right okay. across the street from us. We can handle that. We like the Wolf Pack. At least you still had the old doors. We were we were 320. Yeah, right across the street. Gator roll. Gator roll. Great. Um, uh, my first TI got kicked off the flight for hazing her uh, TI instructor. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a good time back then. Um, 
we had a brother flight and like people used to like go hook up and like share notes and do all this crazy you guys remember 341 did you guys get a yeah, 341 pulled? oh yeah <laughs> of course <laughs> I got probably like not. Yeah, I was gonna say Will was an honor grad, so he never did anything too sketchy. He uh, he kept his nose real clean. He just he just knows how to play the game, which I really appreciate about him. You're damn I mean, right. I played it. I played it well for a while. I couldn't keep it together forever, but yeah. That's all right. So though. and that's a damn right. Hey, do y'all are y'all familiar with some of the stories about kind of the just all the stories of rebellion that kind of made the Air Force? I've been hearing more and more. The Air Force is a rebellious group. I mean, you remember Billy Mitchell, right? The father of the Air Force. Sure. I mean, uh, that's something. That's something for another episode. But I, I just keep hearing more and more stories about the uh, just the Air Force roots. In is uh, Billy Mitchell the mustache guy? I don't think so. No, that's a Olds. Robin Olds. He was also a big rebel. Like his mustache was out of regs, and that's a lot of people say he should have been a general, but they retired him in 06, basically because he was such a rebel. He was like, "Fuck you, fuck yep. your regs." Dude, but when he was. He for real. So you guys remember the bump it, the bump thing from Jersey mm-hmm. Shore? I literally wore my hair like that for probably about five years and no one ever said anything to me. It was badish. It was out of regs, but I didn't care. I liked it. The bump it. You know what? I've seen pictures of you and mm-hmm. seen you in the bump it and been like, interesting. <laughs> yeah. No one ever said That's anything awesome. to me. <laughs> I broke awesome. the rule every day. I wore colors that weren't authorized in my nail polish. I, I, I push the limits as much as I could because most of those rules are stupid. They really They're are. chicken shit. And the, the airmen who usually care about those rules aren't actually doing the right thing anyway. They're not the ones who are, you know, burning the midnight oil. They're not the ones that are working right. hard. They're not the ones doing the extra. They're the ones who all they have to lean on is that they can gripe about the chicken shit. And I mean, I would call out people if their hair looked like crap. But not if it had a twist in it or, oh, you had two buns or whatever. Sure. So we got a few oh, minutes left, Tracy. <laughs> hey, what's up, buddy? Say hi. <laughs> My life always. He, he made it pretty long, though. Yeah, he's a good kid. Um, I was just going to say, what else do you want to plug, Tracy? Because this is, this is your time. Give us uh, all the plugs you want to say. Um, honestly... Please go on Instagram and follow Fit Military Women. Please, I'm going to be interviewing Lieutenant English on the 3rd at 1100 Eastern. I get to ask her about 10 questions, and that's super exciting for me because she's a female veteran, right? And she won a gold medal. Um, and we're going to um, we're gonna kind of hit the female sides of things, not with Lieutenant English, but the Fit Military Women because most women I know were sexually assaulted or sexually harassed in the military. And it's something that we keep quiet and I'm, I'm tired of it because I'm tired of my sisters and brothers suffering in silence. And so um, just come support us. It's fit military women on Instagram. We, we need your support. And you know what? The girls are gorgeous. So. <laughs> All right, Braxton, anything you want to plug before we wrap up? Um, the Radical Caucus of Tennessee, the Pew Pew Caucus, the Veterans Caucus. Oh, I, I have something. Go ahead. The Radical Caucus. I have, like the Radical Caucus too, and I'm going to show you why. I got this at the first convention that we met at, Will. I know I what you've got. I house. remember that. Yeah, I knew you were talking about that. Hell yeah. I've got some buttons of theirs too. Yes. So I definitely like that caucus for sure. Oh. Mm, good, stuff. good stuff. Jinx. Yeah. <laughs> no, you guys are great. And I do have one more thing. And so what's great about us is that I think you guys are like more libertarian folk, like minded and I'm uh veteran minded. And that's, that's why, you know, we make such a good team because we're willing to listen to each other and we're willing to have those conversations. And we just, you know, started talking to more veterans from California, right? Because yeah. we're everywhere. Uh, and by the way, guys, I want to plug that actually. Ben Weir out of California is going to be doing a anti-war rally on 9-11. Adam Kokesh is going to be there. It's going to be at the state capitol in Sacramento. So if you are in Cali, please get to that if you possibly can, especially if you're in NorCal. Um, and we're working with Southern Michael Lema. Yeah, or Southern Oregon. No shit. And we're working with Michael Lema. So we're working with some other guys to make this even bigger. So definitely reach out to them too if you're out there. Yeah, and we need your support. All right. All right, Jacob. Up, Jacob. Hell yeah. Yes. Love it. Uh, 
Screw you, Steven. I thought you were talking about me and Braxton, you asshole. But whatever. You know what? You're never going to be an official member now. You're not getting any t-shirts. All right. Robert's going to be there at the uh, rally. Hell yeah. Wow. All right, guys. So I want to plug the Veteran Caucus. Please look that up. Of course, we've talked about it plenty. Instagram, LP Vet. LP Vet's on Instagram. We need to work harder on posting on that. You know what? I'm going to give that to you, Tracy. Um, All right. I got you. Follow the Oklahoma Libertarian on party on Facebook, please, or go to OKLP.org and elect NatalieBruno.com or follow Natalie Bruno Libertarian for Governor on Facebook. Yeah. Anybody got anything you know else? Bruno. You know Bruno. I like that. Robin Old. I think he was a captain. He was getting he got called into his commander's office to get counseled on counseled on his mustache. And he walks in and his commander says, We have to talk about this mustache situation. And he said, Sir, I think yours is fine. And he turned around and walked out. Did you just look that up? <laughs> No, I heard that uh, on a podcast a few months ago. I'll send you a link. I love it. That's awesome. We need more that guy of that, is sweet. Guys. That's awesome. Yeah, damn right. You got to stand up. All right, guys. Well, that's all we got. Tracy, thank you so much for being here. Braxton, thanks for actually being here and uh, being here on on high quality, high definition. Um, and we will see you guys in one week. I, let me see who our guest is so we can uh, plug it real quick. My three-year-old says peace in the Middle East, just so you guys know. Show them. What is up? That's what's up. Say it. <laughs> <laughs> so next week, we've got Roy Martin on, actually. So speak awesome. of the devil. Speak of the devil. He's also the founder of the First Nations Caucus. So uh, that's going to be an awesome episode, guys. So we will see you one week. Please tune in tomorrow night at 6 p.m. for Not a Real Libertarian. And thank you guys for being here. Talk to you later. Thanks for having me. Bye. 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 Thank <laughs> you.